0: Jeffrey has dangerously low testosterone, but he doesn't even know it. He wonders why he's never motivated, why he feels lethargic when he tries to exercise, and why he doesn't even get morning wood anymore. Why do I have no energy, he complains. Adonis. Adonis has the highest testosterone possible, but this isn't from genetics. Adonis has spent years practicing good habits to optimize his levels. He was once extremely low in testosterone, but then he noticed the signs and made a change. Adonis understands exactly what Jeffrey is suffering from and he knows just who can help. The CEO of Testosterone. He tells Jeffrey about the five important signs of low testosterone and Jeffrey suddenly realizes that he has all five. Jeffrey great to have friends like Adonis and Jack and knows exactly what to do next. Just over a year ago, I got my testosterone checked twice. Both times in the morning, fasted, you know, I followed all the protocols that you should do before the test. And both times, my scores came back around 440 nanograms per deciliter for the total test. And the free test was somewhere around the expected equivalent of that. So 440 nanograms per deciliter for a fit, young, healthy young man. And you know that the range is between 270 to about 900. So I was pushing near the bottom of this range and I had comparable results to 70 to 80. Now one thing that I did have was the psychological drive to go out there and to challenge myself and to do the hard work especially when I didn't feel like it and so even though I had seemingly low testosterone my body still looked good in in 2021 I was still quite jacked I was lean I looked good I performed pretty well and at the time that's pretty much all I cared about but I had some symptoms of low testosterone that I didn't really know were possibly from testosterone and the first one was that I felt quite anxious and I was overthinking and this is something my friend Jack the CEO of testosterone even says and I'll quote him here. I was really anxious really shy, really nervous, and I'd never been like that before. So I started looking into it and I had low testosterone. And I don't know the science around this, why low testosterone could cause anxiety in like a science neurological way. Maybe Andrew Huberman's explained it before. But in a practical setting, it makes sense to me that if a man's testosterone is reduced, testosterone is kind of like that drive hormone that causes him to pursue higher status. If that goes down, he can start to feel quite anxious, especially around other people, because he feels that he's lower down into society. There was a blog post that I read a while ago and it was a bunch of like, you know, pseudoscience things. The blog was called Wujo, and he was talking about anxiety and depression and he explained them to in an evolutionary psychological way where he said that men of low status will have anxiety and depression because they fear that the alpha male will kick them out of the tribe. Think about it. If you're really low down in the social status amongst your peers, you could feel quite bad mentally because you have this fear that you could be, for example, replaced. You could be bad from the tribe. And of course, we're not really in tribes anymore. We've developed a lot. But at least to me, it made sense that why it seems like the majority of guys who are quite low status feel anxious and depressed. And it could be explained with just low testosterone, but okay, but why would low testosterone cause anxiety and and depression? What is the purpose? You know, the sciencey stuff makes sense and it gives this whole argument credibility. But what is the purpose of having anxiety and negative thoughts if you have low testosterone? Well, it's probably because you fear getting banished by the guy up there. And so it makes you neurotically think about ways that you can provide for your tribe. Of course, none of that is like proven scientifically. It just kind of made sense to me from some random blog that I read. And I was like, oh yeah, that that, that does make sense. So if you ever do find yourself quite anxiously thinking, especially about a social circle, probably because you're not that high up in that social circle. Because if you were, if you were really, really high up in some kind of social circle in your school or workplace, you probably wouldn't be anxious about it. The second sign that you might have low testosterone is having a low amount of muscle mass and a higher amount of body fat, especially in... The more womanly areas. So, of course, low muscle and higher fat is just due to your training and your diet. But certainly, let's say if you've been doing the right things, if you've been going to the gym and you know you've been training kind of hard, not perfect, of course not, but you know, you've been putting in some work, and then you come home and you've been eating higher protein and you've been researching, you know, you've been watching the videos on fitness and everything. And so you've been putting in some work and you don't see any like major results for a while. Like, for example, there's guys out there that have been going to the gym at least three times a week, actually like training pretty hard. Like you'll see them in the gym, they're grunting as they hit the weight. They're kind of doing progressive overload and of course they're not perfect, but they still look skinny fat two years in. And this of course comes down to multiple reasons, not just low testosterone. One of the big reasons why someone might go to the gym for two years and look relatively the same is that they haven't bulked their body weight enough. The first year that you want to gain muscle, you're going to the gym consistently. You can build like bodybuilders say on average, like roughly 10 pounds of muscle mass. And of course that's very different. Some guys could be able to build like 15 pounds, 20 pounds. Some guys maybe only like five, but to build that muscle, it needs to come from somewhere. It needs to come from like an anabolic state inside of your body. And the biggest, most consistent anabolic state that you can have is just a calorie surplus. That means if you're watching this right now and you're thinking, yeah, I probably have low testosterone because my body doesn't look like different and I've been going to the gym for six months. What I'd ask you is, how much do you weigh right now compared to how much you did weigh when you first started? If, for example, you're saying that you've been training pretty hard, you know, your you're dieting like pretty good and you step on the scale and it isn't really that different from what you started with. Let's say you started six months ago at 160. pounds on the scale and right now you're 159, you're probably not going to look that much different because you're pretty much the same weight. And then there's the guys who don't even weigh themselves at all. So they don't even have this metric like that. That could be you. You could be watching this thinking, yeah, I've not even gotten any bigger, but like you don't even know how much you weigh to begin with. You need some data to track. What I'd like to see before you self-diagnose yourself with low testosterone is that you step on the scale and you actually see a number that's like at least 20 pounds higher than what you used to be after your first year of training. So if you stepped on the scale on the first day of your training and you were 160 pounds, then at the end of 12 months, if you stepped on a scale and you were 180, I'd say that's a fairly like pretty much perfect bulk. It's not like ultra lean. And of course you will gain some fat, but it's like, you should be okay with that in your first year of training. It's like, just yeah, just pack on the muscle. You've got noob gains. Just please just eat a lot and just go to the gym, man. You'll make a lot of progress. But a lot of guys don't do that. So that's the first protocol. If you're not making muscle in the first year, let's first focus on bulking, progressive overload, sleep, all those important things. But then let's say if you've genuinely been doing That you've genuinely been sleeping okay, you've genuinely been training kind of hard, and you can literally see data on the scale that shows that you have gained weight significant weight in the last six to 12 months, and you still look bad, you still don't look like you have that much muscle. You still literally can't see any new muscle on your arms. Then there's something else up, isn't there? And so low testosterone can cause very little muscle and strength gains. And when it comes to taking steroids, a lot of people in the bodybuilder community always say something. They say like, steroids isn't a cheat code. You still have to work really, really hard if you take steroids. Past a certain level, sure. But to begin with, not really. There's at least one research that I remember that showed that if someone took steroids and didn't weight train at all, they literally just took steroids and just, you know, sat around. They built i believe six pounds of lean muscle mass in like the one month trial or the two-month trial that this study was going on if they took steroids and then trained on top of that it was more like 10 pounds of lean muscle mass that they built in like two months which is what a normal person would probably build in his first year of training never mind the years after that where the muscle gain is slower and then they also compared this with someone who was natural going to the gym and that guy bit made like i think one pound of muscle in the in the first two months this is like it's, it's a study that i remember seeing literally years ago so I've probably got got like the numbers wrong and everything but from my perspective that literally meant like steroids are kind of kind of a cheat code especially in the earlier years of your training and of course once you get to like bodybuilder level and you know some big guys taking them it's like yeah that guy still have to go to the gym for like 10 hours a week or something but those are two extremes right one is like the guy who sees no progress in like a year and he's probably got low testosterone Then the other guy is like you know the guy who blasts some gear and then he's made 10 pounds of muscle in like a month right those are two extremes but what if we consider the naturally higher testosterone better genetics in terms of muscle mass kind of guys. This is where it gets really interesting and really blackpilling. Once I tell you this, you'll never be able to look at like look at men the same way, right? This only accounts for guys who don't really go to the gym that much, right? If there's a guy who probably goes to the gym six times a week resistance training, it's like we can't look at him for what I'm about to say. But specifically for the guys that you know that don't really go to the gym that much, have a look at their builds. Literally just physically look at the size of them and you will see such a drastic difference, which is down to pretty much two things. It's just genetics and testosterone, you will see such a huge difference, bro. There are people out there that have a six pack and pecs literally just naturally without even going to the gym. This is such like a pilling moment. My best friend in university, Levi, he's from Kenya. So, and he wasn't like big. And you know, I remember he stepped on my scale once he was 140 pounds and he was five, eight, five, something like that. Quite Kind of short, right? And I was six foot one and I was like 160. And his physique, his body composition looked better than mine. Now, of course he was shorter and he had very different genetics and probably testosterone and everything. But then I remember we started going to the gym together. By the time I got into university and I was good friends with this guy, I had been like three years of like, yeah, eat, sleep, lift, repeat. You know, like that was the main thing in my mind. And yeah, of course I did so many things wrong. My sleep wasn't great. I was drinking quite a lot, but like, so was he. And you know, my training was okay, whatever. Just, I wasn't perfect at all, right? But three years of like dedication and everything, right? I swear, this guy went to the gym for around two to three months and looked better than me, significantly better than me. And his weights that he was using in the gym weren't that far. So I remember we did this like, uh, this high rep competition with um, bench press, 20 kg plate either side. We only had a Smith machine in our gym, which is an ideal. We just put a 20 kg plate. We just saw how many reps we could bust out on this Smith machine. And I remember I got like pretty much double his, but I had been training for so much longer. And when we took our shirts off, he literally began to look way better and more muscular than me. And then also, there was another friend of ours who was a flatmate of mine. And he was one of those naturally, like he didn't go to the gym or anything. He didn't have have an amazing body composition, but he was naturally just kind of like a bigger build guy. He was like 6'1", 6'2", a little bit taller than me, I think, so about 6'2". And maybe like 170 pounds, 180 pounds. Not lean, not fat. You know, 15% body fat, like to drink drink beer and stuff. And sometimes he'd come into the gym because he knew I'd be in there. And he'd just talk to me about something like, oh, you know, lad, oh, this happened today and oh, you're coming out later. He's just... Around whilst we, I was in the gym. We talked. You know, he'd been to the gym like twenty times before in his life. He'd grab the twenty kg dumbbells, and his form wasn't perfect, but he'd hit, hit it well. Sometimes I'd be on the Smith machine, like you know, benching with uh twenty kg plates, and then a ten kg plate going for like eight reps or something. And I'd stand up, and he'd literally just sit on it, no warm up, no stretch, no nothing, bust out like five pretty good reps, bro. I swear to God, these guys weren't taking gear. They weren't secretly training or any, or dieting or anything. I lived with the guy. I knew him like really well. It's just the genetic difference, and I think testosterone also plays a role in this. Some guys, you can literally just look and, like, smell the testosterone coming from him. You can literally just look at some guys and think, f- me, like, that's a f***ing Neanderthal over there, bro. He's got four-digit testosterone, and then there's you, and you got like fat titties, gynecomastia. I'm looking at myself in the camera, but I'm talking about myself, man. I got gyne. And so this is what I meant about the second part of this section, that a sign of low testosterone is not just about muscle mass, but it's also about fat gain, like higher fat gain, but also very unfortunately that if you've got low testosterone, you seem to develop fat in womanly areas, specifically your hips, your lower stomach and your chest. Doesn't really look like a chest for most guys. Most guys' chests look like breasts. And, you know, we can laugh about this. Oh, yeah, man boobs and stuff. But, like, this, honestly, it gets horrible. So I grew up with a medical condition called gynecomastia. There's different, like, you know, people who say different things. But from my understanding, it was that through puberty, my hormone levels were so messed up. My testosterone was so low. My estrogen was so high that I began to develop just massive like nipples like this big nipple instead of you know like everyone else has got quite like perky nipples and everything my nipples were massive i just genetically gain more fat in my chest so even if i'm lean like 12 percent body fat i'll still have like a fat chest i'll still have like puffy nipples and everything. still to this day like i'll show you now i'm not really insecure of it anymore it doesn't look terrible anymore now because i'm lean and i've trained and i've got like a nice chest and stuff it literally looks like normal now right but that's after eight years of bodybuilding specifically with the mindset of yeah i've got to build a chest that like hide this i know bro <laughs> a lot of guys have something slightly different which is that they just have quite unideal fat deposits which is that you know it's just like unfair places that you gain fat compared to everyone else so it could be around your chest around your boobs It could be like your double chin it could be face fat it could be lower belly fat butt fat and everything but i think breast fat it's one of the most aesthetically unpleasing things that a, a man can have. And I had this for a very long time. We can talk about it in a funny way, but genuinely, bro, I would insist on going to the doctors and literally like cry in front of them. Not even like, you know, purposely, but I would just genuinely cry. I'd wear like a vest underneath all of my shirts to try and press down my nipples. And I genuinely was so insecure. I used to have thoughts, you know, I was going through puberties, age 16, 17, 18, seeing my friends start to get laid and everything. I used to have thoughts. If a girl tried to like get sexual with me, I actually wouldn't let her because I was so embarrassed about what I looked like underneath my shirt. It was genuinely a very dark period of my life. I don't really have that anymore because, you know, I've done eight years of, or whatever, however long love bodybuilding now, I think I look pretty good. And so I am fairly confident with my body. But for a very, very long time, it was horrible to have this. And from my understanding, it does come from low testosterone. Because think about how many guys are turning, you know, 15, having a terrible diet. Testosterone and all their hormones have been messed up from all this stuff around us. You know, this talks of BPA in plastics can mess up testosterone. But then that's been disproven in terms of like plastic bottles aren't that bad for you. But we know that BPA, this like weird product, this thing, we know that that is actually really bad for your hormones and that no one's really talking about plastic bottles anymore. But now we understand that receipts, you know, when you buy something in the store and the cashier drills it in, gives you the receipt. We understand that those receipts have an absolute disgusting level of BPA. We're touching that on our fingers, touching it. Maybe you're touching your... Afterwards, maybe you're putting the receipt, like I did this, bro, and this is this is maybe a coincidence, this is maybe a conspiracy theory, but I just want to know, right? I used to grab the receipt, put it in my wallet, and a lot of guys do this, right? a lot of guys put their receipt in their wallet, right? Put the wallet in my left pocket, and I'm pretty sure a lot of guys put their wallet in their left pocket, and then a varicoseal started to develop. I literally had a medical condition with the veins in, on the left side of my ball, started to like tangle and inflame, and suddenly I had like a big clump of veins that I needed to just recently have surgery to remove. It is a coincidence that it was on the left side and that's where I kept the BPA receipts for literally a while, isn't it? Most men actually, if they do develop a varicose seal, it's kind, of, it's kind of common to have like this clump of veins in your nutsack. Most men develop it on the left side. And just my conspiracy theory is just like, I'm pretty sure most men put their phone on their right side and wallet with BPA loaded receipts on the left. And that's just like BPA, right? It's still like, you know, okay, that's some random one thing. Okay, just don't touch receipts. But then there's even more when you look at the world around us, I don't think we can just leave it to like, you know, the real world stuff of like, yeah, you know, there's this chemical and this. When you look, at the pressure of men being told to not really act like men anymore. When you see this channel here is being labeled as toxic masculinity, you know, we were just in the Times newspaper on an article written about Andrew Tate's the misery that men like him and us have caused. We have caused misery. This is what literally people from the real world think of us. We have caused misery. We are misogynists. They write about us as if we are totally evil. We're sat here almost in tears talking about gynecomastia And this is seen as toxic masculinity. They see pictures of my Instagram where there's like me and a kid and he's got like a bloodied up nose or me and like a kid and we've just sparred each other. And they think that's toxic that me and like a 15 year old have just had a boxing match together. There is a war on masculinity and therefore there is a war on testosterone. And the next point is interesting too. The next sign of low testosterone, low sex drive or problems with having sex. How often do you wake up with morning wood? I read a study. I think it was like, I forgot what it was, but 50% or that, some big number of guys don't even get morning wood consistently the reason why we usually get morning wood so you wake up with an erection is because your testosterone is largely produced at night time whilst you sleep so your testosterone really peaks and peaks and peaks and peaks and then there's other chemical stuff that happens and essentially that results into you getting like a massive like hard-on absolutely normal absolutely healthy why are some guys not getting that ever why are so many guys having problems sexually viagra you know these medications for men to take to literally just maintain their erection through sex these medications are making a lot of money again i know thing that you know I've not researched fully but you can have a look I saw this on a YouTuber, a big YouTuber his YouTube name is what I've learned and the video title is everything wrong with the system and he mentions that the biggest company that sells U.S. pharmacies the anti-depression pill is also the company that has made viagra and one of the biggest most negative symptoms of the antidepressant pill is erectile dysfunction i haven't you know looked into the, the whole research of this myself i just saw this on this video and you know it could be wrong but this is this guy is quite credible he's got millions of su- subscribers he does like these investigative videos and everything think about that. the company that mass produces antidepressant pills and incentivizes u.s doctors to essentially sell it because it's not you know in the u.s you don't give it to the patient you sell it to the patient and the patient buys it and then the doctor gets a profit then the company gets a profit you of the company that made the medication. They sell these antidepressant pills. One of the side effects is that if a guy takes it, his TB won't get hard anymore. And the same company produces... Viagra it's just the it's just a coincidence, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's just a coincidence Why do so many men need channels like this? You know, like the work we do here I call it like, you know men's self-improvement But a large part of the message that I send out is related to love relationships dating and sex You've seen all the channels and content and books out there which help men to speak to women really take a second Why is that needed? Why is it needed that a young man needs to go and watch? YouTubers to learn how to speak to women because without it he feels very anxious And without it he is actually terrible at it. Why what is going on in the way that we raise boys that they need to go and find like these Underground channels that you know, apparently according to the times cause misery are misogynistic. Why do young men seek this out? Why are these channels so popular? Why when I upload a video on like oh, yeah, the top seven ways of getting girls it gets double as many views as every other topic Why okay, it's needed. We understand it's needed. But why is it needed? Why is it appealing and we can say oh, you know because it's it's a really important part of life, and it is, fair enough. But why is it rising up exponentially right now? Did men 100 years ago need this kind of advice? Sure, you know, a young man might have had a conversation with his father about the girl that he wanted to marry or that, you know, he was he fell in love with. And his father would sit, sit down and say, yeah, yeah, son, go work in the factory and then, you know, go buy her some flowers and take her to the cinema and then ask her to marry you. <laughs> and he's like, whoa, thank you, father. <laughs> why is it that we need this, like, specific advice where I'm sat here telling you, okay, bro, bro, do this, right? When she replies in seven minutes, you reply in 14. And then make sure you never act like this. Make sure you act like this instead. Why is this needed? I think it's needed because the conditioning, the brainwashing, the propaganda that young men are going through on how to navigate their sex lives and their dating lives is ineffective, isn't it? The conventional advice of the world that you used to follow when you were a bit younger didn't really work out how you wanted. And if it did, if you did attract the girl and you got into an early relationship before you ever found like content like this, that relationship probably went pretty toxic because the dynamic was all messed up. They told you to open up about your feelings, your emotions, to cry in front of her, to show vulnerability. They told you to not act masculine or disciplined or stoic. They told you they're watching... Is okay. They told you that weakness is okay. They told you that being fat is okay. They told you that you should respect the girl boss, the boss bitch. They told you that you should be a feminist. And then none of that even led to a happy relationship. When this is the common belief amongst people. And it's entirely unnatural for us to act in this way. It's unnatural for a man to act feminine. It's unnatural for a woman to act masculine. But we do it anyway because we've just been told, yeah, this is the, this is the way to equality. Yeah, we, we, this is amazing. Yeah, equal rights. And then now no one's really happy anymore. People aren't getting into relationships anymore. People aren't really having children anymore. This messed up dynamic, which largely, this isn't around the world, by the way. That's a very important point. This dynamic of, you know, like masculinity, femininity being all muddled up into some gray androgynous zone. This is not happening in every country. You do realize that, right? There's some countries out there where the men are truly masculine and the women are truly feminine. But at least where I'm from in the UK and probably in the US, well, certainly in the US, it's all messed up. And so if you're from one of those countries, if you live in one of those countries, you probably feel quite mentally and physically just just weird because what you are supposed to be like what you are supposed to do you're being told no 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 no, we're not like that all of this advice leads to relationship especially sex issues where you could literally be doing what should be the most intimate most passionate most mindful experience of your entire life which is making love you could be doing that whilst overthinking and feeling anxious think about that this may be too absolute primal 100 percent Mindfulness, present inducing activities that are absolutely sacred that literally put you into a primal zone. There's two activities. Can you think of what they are? Oh, there's probably actually more. There's probably like maybe three. One is making love. The other one is fighting. And the third one is probably protecting your young, which relates to the second one. There's just a handful of absolute primal activities that should have been kept totally sacred. And now we have men who are making love who aren't even there. They're AFK in their own brains whilst their wife's there in front of them. They're thinking about. The top seven tips that they've learned on how to make her orgasm seven times before they have sex. All of this pressure on men. If you can't get hard, it's your fault. If she doesn't get wet, it's your fault. So, whilst this could be and is a sign of low testosterone, it's also just a sign of how messed up things are, just in general, especially in Western countries. Saying it like that, like making love is one of our very few primal desires that should be kept absolutely sacred. And now it's been tainted with the overthinking that stems from the condition we've been through. If I can give you just one tip when it comes to, you know, I'm not some professional, but I've read books about this. If I can give you just one tip about making love, make it absolutely animalistic, as wild and ferocious and as primal and animalistic as you possibly can. Abandon the, the modern human version of yourself and go back to that absolute primal caveman that is within you. She will be deeply impressed. And what's interesting, at that point, you will not even care if she's impressed or not. You will just do as a caveman is supposed to do, and she will melt inside of your arms. And of course, do this consensual actually age appropriately and stuff. You get my point. Perhaps one of the the most obvious once you understand this, and it's something I've learned from Dr. Andrew Huberman, is that when you are doing hard work, something that requires effort, it doesn't really feel good. So I want you to think back to some hard stuff that you've done over the last six months. Maybe you've been studying for an exam. Maybe you've been working some job and it's pretty hard. Maybe you've been going to the gym or trying to exercise. How does it feel when you work hard? When you are currently working really hard, imagine you're doing a plank, you know, when you hold yourself like this, and it just hurts your core, right? And you're holding it for 30 seconds, 45 seconds, and it starts to hurt. How does that actually feel to you mentally? Does that feel bad? Because a lot of people show it in their face that it feels bad, right? A lot of people, like, you know, they're doing the plank or they're studying and it's, oh, they feel quite like overwhelmed and a little bit sad and exhausted, don't they? That's props from low testosterone because Andrew Huberman said this on a podcast, which really just clued me up so much more on testosterone. And he said, testosterone makes effort feel good. So when you are putting in effort, does it feel good or not? When you are going hard in the Gym And you're exhausted. Let's say you know you've literally just reached failure. It's not like you're gonna be smiling there Like, but let's say okay, you've reached failure. It hurts, right? Push, you're going 10 out of 10 intensity today. There. Boom. How does that feel once you get up do you, oh, oh, (sighs) <sighs> or do you think, yes, that was so good. Which one? That reminds me of what may happen if you've had too much of your mommy's influence on you. You know, there's a lot of guys out there who have been raised by single mothers or by families where the father isn't around that much and, you know, he's always working or something. In either case, essentially, there's a lot of guys out there who have had a main mother and maybe a part-time father or a just non existent father. And what happens generally when a mother sees her son do some kind of boisterous testosterone kind of activity, some masculine endeavor, like he goes really fast on his bike and then he falls over. How's his mom gonna react most moms this feminine if she is feminine she's this feminine woman's gonna run over to her son and say oh my god you know you went too fast never do that again never go so fast again you've hurt yourself look look it's all cut up it's okay it's okay baby it's okay it's It's gonna be okay just don't go that fast anymore you don't need to go that fast why don't you just sit here with me this seems you know as an exaggeration but genuinely like this that isn't a crazy thing to believe is it that this scenario could happen because there's men watching this a lot of men watching this that can relate entirely to this experience and i can too when you're too close to your mother when you're growing up and she's protecting you like this And it's that few phrases that she says when you hurt yourself, like, oh, never do that again, never go so far again, why don't you just stay at home next time? That stays in your mind. Of course, you respect and appreciate and admire your mother, your parents, and so you take what they say seriously. And if you didn't, at that moment of falling down on your bike and you're grazing your knee, if you didn't have your masculine father next to you, perhaps this would have changed the trajectory of your life just slightly, but enough to make a huge difference after 10 years, 15 years, and suddenly being a little bit adventurous, doesn't feel good to you. It actually feels kind of nerve wracking and and makes you feel anxious and quite sick. And if you do really push yourself, if you go to the gym and do a hard workout, maybe you in your own mind with your own words say, oh yeah, that was really painful. I'm not gonna do that again without really being conscious as to where that line of thinking stemmed from in the beginning. And now if we make this a little bit more pleasant and we imagine that same boy who's going really fast on his bike and then he falls over and grazes his knee. But this time he's there with his mom and his dad and very importantly, which shouldn't need to be a statement, But we do need to make this his dad is masculine. His mother is feminine. Well, his mother's still gonna panic Oh my god, are you okay? And his dad's just gonna pleasantly walk over Smile and almost like chuckle a little bit because he remembers that this used to happen to him He used to fall on his bike. That's bringing tears to my eyes, bro. Fuck me. That's a beautiful experience Dad's walking over literally like chuckling to himself because he can remember 30 years ago He had the exact same thing where he fell off his bike and it's like that has literally been like a human Like a, a man a boy experience from generation to generation that just made me like tear up of how beautiful that experience Experiences and he's gonna come over like chuckle at his son and just say no, no no it happened to me. It's okay Oh, you grazed your leg. Yeah, does it hurt? No, it's okay. Come on. You were going really fast though I think you could probably go faster than that next time Just make sure you don't tilt the, the bike like this for no reason his mom's still panicking Oh, come on. We need a bandage and he'll, you know, he'll just calmly tell her no no, no it's okay I'll, I'll handle this come on go, go over to our little girl over there He picks his son back up dusts it off a little bit doesn't even care about bandage or anything and then tells him Okay, make sure you do this You know I saw you were like stumbling too much and then one time I saw you looked too close to the wheel instead of directly ahead and that that makes you lose your balance. I know it's scary, but keep looking forward. Go try it again. I'm going to stand here right now. Some weird specific scenario, isn't it? It doesn't really happen in the real world. Some people will think this, right? Some people will watch that and be like, oh yeah, right, dude. Uh, you know that this is a real scenario, right? This isn't an, an exaggeration. It's insignificant, isn't it? Just that small difference of the masculine father being there. And yet think about how that's going to lead to that young boy's life trajectory now, where implanted into his mind from this early age where, the, where his brain really forms these important beliefs for the rest of his life is if I fall over and hurt myself, I probably did something slightly wrong and I can do better next time. My fathers and my family's always going to be here to support me. They're always going to be there if I do fall over, but I can probably do better next time. There's probably something I can slightly change. And so when this young man grows up and becomes friends with the other boy who now has grown up, you know, the one with the single mother and they go for that big gym workout together and that boy with the single mother thinks, oh, I'm never doing the 10 sets of squats again. That was horrible. I'm never, yeah, I'm just going to go, you know, I'm just going to go home and just go play some video games and just watch some This young man here with the masculine father figure, he's going to go, man, that was so hard. Yes. He's going to think it was hard and have a smile in his face. It was equally as hard for both of them. It was equally as painful. It was equally as stimulating. But just with the belief of one guy and different testosterone levels, one young man felt good about the effort he was making. One young man felt bad. And so I ask you again over the last like six months, if you can pick out some hard things that you have done, how did it feel? Did it feel good or did it feel bad when you push yourself? If you're only going to take one of these points, I'll probably just take Take this one. Go and do something hard and ask yourself, does this feel good? And maybe it's worth just for this experimentation, you know, to figure out if you've got low testosterone or not. If you don't want to go and get like an actual study, I'd highly recommend you just get one, but a lot of guys don't want to. There's a cost to it and everything. Just for this, if you want to go and find out if you've got low testosterone, according to this sort of, you know, analysis of, yeah, testosterone makes effort feel good. Go and don't actually lie to yourself. Go and do something hard and genuinely ask yourself, does this feel good? And don't lie. Just for this one time, just find out, does it feel bad or good when you push yourself and you do? Something hard. Then from now on make this pact with yourself and I would do it with you that anytime from now on that you push yourself in a hard way That you do some hard work. You almost delude yourself into thinking that you feel good Even if you don't sometimes I don't feel that good You know sometimes like not in, I've injured myself or anything like that But sometimes you know, I'm just exhausted uh. But then I'll remember this concept of yeah yeah, Testosterone makes effort feel good and it's almost like I'll sit up a little bit straighter and be like yeah, yeah I've got high testosterone so that that felt really good if I could give you one bonus tip This isn't like you know a sign of low testosterone, but just one last tip for you to take away. Your psychological beliefs are incredibly important and they can genuinely change your physiology. What this means is that the beliefs that you have in your mind, the words that you say in your brain can actually change your hormones, your heart rate, your your heart rate variability, literally different, like just the way you breathe can change so much about your body. Just the way you think can change so much about your body. Think about it. You can literally think of sex. You can think of some sexy thought and then you get an erection. You don't even have to touch anything, but you can literally think of something sexy and you get an erection. Just from your mind, Something has happened to your body. We can control our body with our mind. So why not? The next time you go and work hard on something, you literally just cue yourself to think, yes, this feels really good because I've got high testosterone. I'll end this video by saying that I don't really have anything to sell you. All of the videos that we produce are here on YouTube for free. And some of the products that I do have, they're not really available for most people. But we do have YouTube channel memberships. I think they're like a couple of bucks, and you'll get like a little emoji Jeffrey emoji, Adonis emoji in your name. They're linked in the description. We'll have like a card pop up if you want to look at them. be supporting the channel, supporting the way that I can pay my editors, my staff and everything. And it'll just give you like some kind of feeling of importance when you comment and everyone's like, whoa, you got Jeffrey emoji next to your name, bro. How do you get that, man? (laughs) Click and watch this video right now. Do the hard work, especially when you don't feel like it.